Welcome to Just Punkin' Off. I'm your host, Andy Harrison. Today's episode is an interview with my good friend, Jason Pearl. I've been friends with this guy since ninth grade. He was one of the guys that I decided I was going to be friends with because he was weird, odd, and I knew he would uh, fight and protect me. Yeah, I know. He even uh, helped me a couple uh, months ago when we were playing a show. I'd tell these guys to chill out. Jason Pearl's been one of my best friends for a long time. He's in a band that I am in. Last one down, and uh, we just talked, hung out, and remembered old times, and talked about bands that he's been in, and uh, it was great. So, listen to the interview, and thanks for listening, guys. Jason Pearl, what's up, man? Hey, buddy, what's happening? How are you? All right. It's been a long time. I don't know why we haven't talked uh, earlier. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um, all right, so let's talk about where you grew up. Where were you born? I was born in Caliani, Nevada. Yeah. North of Vegas. Grew up in Ely or McGill and then moved to Carson, but I was in Carson most of my life till I moved to Reno about 20 years ago. Do you remember any of the that those uh growing up there at all? Yeah. Not really. Not really. No. Playing with toys with my friends and hiking the hills, yeah, that was yeah. about it. Yeah. So um you guys moved to Carson City and then when when did you like start, you know, um realizing that you were into music do you do you have an aha moment or yeah. anything bon jovi slippery when wet really yeah because my parents they never li- really listened to music they we didn't, didn't? have no we didn't have it in the house or nothing my grandpa played music and my uncle did a little bit but like as for my family they never really listened to it so when i heard 80s metal and it was bon jovi was, really did you uh when it came out yeah when it was on the radio oh, okay there was just something about it that I was just, I would grab a broom and pretend I was rocking out yeah. in the room and stuff. Yeah. And that for me, it was like, oh my gosh, what is this? You yeah, know, and yeah. then MTV was out. So we weren't allowed to watch MTV. So, but Dude, we got we, home. I wasn't either. Yeah. We'd get home a few hours before my parents would. So we'd watch as much as we could yeah. before they got home. But so that that's, that's what did it to you. Yeah. That's, that's why you love Bon Jovi to this day. Yeah. I don't, well, with, with Sambora. Yeah. Well, I don't yeah, really yeah, like yeah. him now, but. Yeah. That like first four or five albums, especially like Slippery When Wet, New Jersey. Man, those are still to this day. Did, some of my favorite did you buy that? Buy that tape? Oh yeah. 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 Is that do you remember your first tape that you bought uh, with yeah, your money? It was Poison Talk Dirty to me. Yeah. And my mom broke it. <laughs> really? Because I kept playing Talk Dirty to me and singing. And she didn't like it. Yeah. I didn't know what they were saying though at the time. Oh so so she thought it was like dirty. Yeah, because like. I'm like Talk dirty to me. You know, yeah, like, yeah. She's like, if you say that one more time, I'm gonna break that tape. But she did, and she did. Yeah. And that was was that in the house that they're in now? Or no, that, that was uh, my grandma. We lived with my grandma when we first moved to yeah. Carson. It was there. That yeah. and uh, the crew shot at the devil. I love the intro. Yeah. Because it was like a horror movie. It scared me. I got that tape from Wally Daniels. <laughs> he gave it to me, like, because I went to Catholic school with him. I and, remember um, that. He uh yeah he gave it to me and I was like my mind was blown dude like what <laughs> is this because I was like we're all God boys you know <laughs> what I mean and this is like super devil but anyway so uh Jovi what else around that time do you remember like oh uh, it was Poison and Quiet Riot 
Yeah. Skid Row. So you just jump Motley right Cruise, into Cinderella, it. Yeah. yeah, all those. Yeah. I loved eighties metal. Yeah. Yeah. So when you um when did you pick up the guitar? I mean, uh, you weren't playing back then. Nah, like that was you were too young for that, right? I found a guitar. My parents when we moved up to the house they're at now, I found a guitar under the house and it was this shitty like nylon string and the action yeah. sucked. But I would like play it not knowing what the hell I was doing, but I would write songs. Yeah, yeah. And uh never playing the same thing twice because I didn't know <laughs> what the hell I was doing. <laughs> but, uh, but I was probably 15 or 16. Yeah. And then uh, I remember going to Houston for a summer and living there with my aunt and uncle, writing country songs the whole summer. Yeah. Shitty country songs. But, uh, yeah, that was the first thing. And then I got a book, kind of fumbled through chords and stuff, and then yeah, kind of learned from there. So what grade you, were you in? We were like ninth? Yeah, ninth 15. Grade. So your uncle, he, is he the super rockabilly dude? Not the one I was in Houston oh, with. okay. No, nah, my Uncle okay. Bill. He uh, he plays guitar, and he loves jazz and rockabilly and, and big band. Yeah. But he, like, I love the Stray Cats, and I've always loved Elvis ever yeah. since I was a kid. He's yeah. been the king to me. Yeah. But um, he introduced me to, like, Gene Vincent and Eddie Cochran. Uh, but not at that time. No, nah, that was... Right. So Maybe twenty years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you're in ninth grade. You're learning the the nylon string and stuff. Do you remember like the first thing that you learned? Uh, like oh, to nah, joy, to yeah, yeah. Crab or <laughs> probably like oh, yeah, yeah. Do you remember like the first real song that you learned? Yeah, when I when uh, a buddy showed me how to read tablature, I learned plush by some. Oh, okay, pilots, cool. Yeah. yeah, those. Yeah, I remember those days for yeah. sure. What was your first? Um, like introduction to punk rock, uh, getting in the fuzzy warbles. Yeah, yeah. Cause so you didn't know anything about punk nah, before that. You were just nothing. this glam rock dude. Well, I was just playing, learning guitar. I think I only played like six months, but I knew my power chords, and they needed a guitarist. So. And what grade was that? Tenth. Yeah, it was tenth grade, and you didn't. You were just like. I could just play fast. Yeah. And so I got in a band. I could play power chords, and then I. I listened to uh, Husker Du and Tungsten Gat, and that was just like thrash punk and, and DRI, and it was like, oh, this sh- and this shit is my shit. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, okay. All these people are weird like me, so it's it's cool. So it took getting into that band, and then was, Artino was in that band, right? Yeah. And was he the one that was like, hey, you need to listen to this, 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 Yeah, and I this, think, uh, oh, uh, I think he gave me the Tungsten Gat tape to listen to and he was huge into DRI. Yeah. But uh yeah, that was pretty much it. That's just the that poppy stuff and then then I found Pumps Punk Sucks at Recycled Records. Yeah, yeah. And dude. Yeah. That that yeah. tape changed it all cuz that's some of the best punk bands ever. Yeah, yeah. So uh Batello was in that band, right? No, yeah, that was Batello, Mark Johnson, and Josh Artino. And, and uh didn't Artino wear that like fuzzy orange top hat? Didn't he have a fuzzy orange top hat for that fucking band? I think that was Mark, but I don't oh, remember I exactly. Right. But I think you're right. Somebody, and that, isn't that where you guys got that band name? No, we got it from uh, Clockwork Orange. Ah, yeah. Yeah, the whole time I remember, like, oh, it's like he's got this fuzzy orange hat. That must be where <laughs> what fuzzy came from. But I, you know, I don't, I don't even remember. I never. I mean, I was friends with you then, but I don't remember you being in that band at all. Yeah, yeah. it was short lived. Yeah. 
and you guys re- like recorded the tape and stuff like that. Yeah. So B- Batello was like, he was like actually able to drum at this point. Yeah, he was. I mean, well, because this was pretty much all your guys' first band. Yeah, right? we all, you know, that that band was pretty much thrash. So all we yeah. had to do was some of the songs. I remember we playing a few songs, and uh, they weren't even in the right key with other, <laughs> you know. But it was fast, and nobody yeah. could tell anyway. Furious, so. and yeah. So that was um, was that all your guys' first band? Do you know? I don't know. I don't know about Josh. I think yeah. Mark and and Mike. It was because Mark. Was in Indecisive Youth. I don't think so. Was he before yeah. Brian? Oh, I'm thinking. No, I'm. Yeah, I'm thinking wrong. I'm getting them mixed up. Oh. Yes, Mark. He had the bug. Yeah. Yeah. Why am I getting Martin, Brian, and him mixed oh. up, dude? Mark Johnson yeah. and him mixed up. Oh, okay. Was but Indecisive Youth was going at this time, right? Yeah. And were you, did you guys play any shows as the Warbles? Yeah, we played. Uh, Gosh, maybe three or four. Yeah. 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 And do you remember those at all or what? <laughs> I remember. <laughs> yeah, I remember one at Farrell Bonner's garage. Yeah. And uh, it was fun, man. Yeah. We got up there. I played so fast. My fingers bled. Yeah. And, but it was cool as hell. Was that that brown um, Les Paul looking yeah. guitar? Yeah. Yeah. I wish I still had that, yeah. too. I chucked it and I should have kept it. Yeah. That was my first electric ever. Uh, so what was after that? <coughs> what did you... Then we... Mark left and we did THC, okay. which was me, Artino, and Mike, and then I switched to bass. Oh, okay. And pretty much played bass ever since and bands yeah. after that. So that was, um, did you guys record stuff with that too? Yeah, we did pretty a tape. Pretty sure I have that tape. Yeah, we yeah. did a tape there. And then did you guys, were you guys doing shows at all, or was it just kind of messing around? No, nah, we played a lot of shows with, well, I mean a lot of shows for us. For you. Yeah, for maybe five, six shows. Yeah, for, time, for a yeah. short-lived high school yeah, band, exactly. for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, THC. Was it totally hardcore? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, total hardcore. Total hardcore. Totally. But it was pretty much the fuzzy warbles. Yeah. You know? Without Mark. Yeah, without Mark. Why'd Mark leave? I'm not sure. I can't remember what what happened there. Yeah. Or we just broke up, and then me, Josh, and Mike decided we were gonna continue. Yeah. I, I can't remember. Yeah. Um, what was your official like per- first punk rock show that you went to? Oh, it was Offspring and Guttermouth at, at the Fallout Shelter oh, in Reno. Okay. Was and was awesome. that like a mind-blowing? <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah. He was singing Asshole, and I was in the pit, and he was like, you're an asshole, I'm an asshole, smacks me and calls me an asshole, yeah, and I yeah. was just like, oh, hell yeah. yeah, dude. So was that, when When was that, during THC, Fuzzy Warbles uh, stuff? Yeah, I think was it was around later? that time. So that yeah. even, that added to the, uh, I want to do this, Yeah. this feeling. That's cool. But you know, Indecisive Youth, they were like that band that had that poppy sound. Yeah. That I kind of liked. Yeah. But but it's so easy to play in a thrash band because you don't, you know, you just play yeah, fast. Just it's play fast. I mean, it's to hard to play fast, but you don't have to be very like intricate. Yeah, and, like, exactly. Yeah, that's cool. You'd have like your little slow dun dun dun. Yeah. Do you remember when that show was? I guess we could look it up. Oh crap! I remember going back. Why Guttermouth was playing and Dexter Holland was back by the merch booth and I got to meet him. Yeah. And he still had the braids. Yeah, yeah. Like in that video. For was it um, like the come out and play era? Like yeah, was it was the, they were they were com- they were supporting Smash on yeah. that on okay. that tour. That's cool. Do yeah. you were you going to any other shows at that time? Do you remember? Uh, well, yeah, we were going to a lot, but I can't I can't remember the time period because yeah. I remember 
after THC, I was forming a band with, I think it was me, Botello, Limburg, and Dan Ashby. Yeah. And I was playing guitar and writing the stuff. But then my girlfriend at the time had got a flyer for a band in Reno. And so I felt obligated to call. And it was Alan Campbell. So yeah. I called him. And then I went and played with him and Chris for Even Ground. They never actually let me in the band, but they never told me to leave. Either, oh, really? So, yeah. Okay, so your <laughs> your girl at the time, where'd she find the flyer? Do you remember? She went to a show in Reno, and he was handing out flyers. Alan was? Yeah. And they, they needed a bass player? Yeah. And uh, who was drumming? drumming? Nobody yet, but I told him that Jevin wasn't in Indecisive Youth, so I called Jevin up Yeah. and asked him if he wanted to come. We interviewed a few drummers, but... Do you remember who? No. <laughs> I remember one guy was on house arrest, <laughs> and he had his ankle bracelet. Wait, so did you have to go to his house? Yeah, we went to his house, and I don't, I can't remember if he actually drummed for us or not. Yeah. And then a few guys came by the storage shed that we were uh, playing at. Yeah. And uh, So this was after high school? Oh, yeah. This is, this is right... I think right before I moved up to Greystone. Okay. Because I I moved up to Greystone when I was when we were already playing shows. Yeah. So Okay, so you um tried out and you guys got along and they just never told you to leave. <laughs> yeah. That's how much that's how you were in the band. Yeah, it's like uh I came over, just kept coming, and yeah. then later later on we all started thinking about it. We're like, well, we never actually said Jason was in the band. He just yeah. never left. Right. So, so it was an ongoing joke. So when you got there, w- did they have a couple of songs and they just you just jammed with them, or did they give you a tape or anything? Uh, Chris played a little bit of it of what he had, and then uh, it was just basically to see if you could figure it out and yeah. if you gelled and yeah. And it was we learned. Oh man, can't remember the names of the songs. Yeah. They were great ones. I wish yeah. we recorded them. But h- him and Alan were jamming together for a while, like yeah. writing. Okay. Yeah, because Alan was just he was. Just getting good at guitar, so he was going to come in with rhythm, but he had the attitude and everything. He was such a cool guy that, you know, he fit right in. Yeah, and so then how did the whole Jevin thing come about? I called Jevin up and then asked him if he wanted to play, and so he came up, and it just clicked. Yeah. Yeah. And you guys were at that storage shed? Yeah. Jamming? Yeah. And it was just like, all right, dude, we're doing this. Yeah. Yeah. So what what was next? Just a bunch of songwriting, rehearsing and Well, we actually yeah, we rehearsed a bunch and then we recorded the that uh electric sounds for tomorrow youth. Yeah. And then we played our first show. Wait, so you recorded and then played the first yeah, show? Yeah, I believe so. I could be wrong. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure that's how it went down. Do you remember the first show? Yeah, we played with opened up for Crush Story at the Area 51 or Planet 9, whatever it yeah, was at yeah, the time. Yeah. And, uh, but then our second show was Good Riddance. So everybody thought we were bigger than we really were. Yeah, yeah. And then we just rode that wave. Was that Del Mar? Yeah. Wow, dude, that's awesome. Yeah. I don't think I was at either one. Oh, really? I don't know. Yeah. There's such a blur back then I know, you know, yeah. of stuff. Okay, so you got where did you guys record that record? Uh, we did it at the... Um, Old Granny. Old Granny Studios, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom Gordon. Tom Gordon, that's cool. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Like, how was that experience? Compare <laughs> that experience to, oh, it did? <laughs> oh, God, man. Why? Because I was a bass player that didn't really know rhythm yet. Yeah. You know, I was just a punk, fast player. And I think it really dawned on me during that recording session that I was listening to the wrong things, you know? And oh, I was, okay. I was playing as a guitar player, not a bass player. 
and that changed my whole outlook on bass guitar. But at least that experience, you know, shaped you. Oh, right? yeah. So it, why did it suck? Was it just like you had to do stuff over and over, and Chris was like, you're not getting it? Were you guys like fighting? No, nah, everybody was cool. Like, it's it just, like, you know, you put all that pressure on yourself, too, because you want to get your parts down so yeah. you can start mixing everything. But yeah. I just, it just seemed like I kept having to go over parts that I thought I was on, but I wasn't, yeah. you know, and, but I thought I was. Yeah. So I was listening to the wrong thing. Oh, man. But that made me go back and really learn bass from Motown. And that's when I really fell in love with rockabilly because of the bass. Yeah. You know, and doo wop and stuff like that. Yeah. And so then I really started to learn how to not play so much like just act as the voice of the drums instead of you know playing with the guitar so much you know yeah so then why in our band do you try to fucking make play (laughs) fucking chords and shit i try to sneak it in there i I try (laughs) so were you hanging out while everybody else was recording their parts too yeah so i mean that experience was rad right oh yeah you know the studio is always fun yeah how was it compared to us recording it was, I don't know, we we all click so well that, and I think we're all really good at our instruments nowadays, so um, it was a lot easier when we recorded this album because okay. we we already had our stuff down. And yeah. But Paul did point out sometimes I was off-key on a few notes that I didn't even know because yeah. we, when we practice, everything kind of bleeds together sometimes. Yeah. But Paul was awesome. Man. Yeah. But... So recording with Even Ground, that was all to tape stuff, right? It wasn't yeah. computer mm. stuff back then. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's crazy, real, real. Man. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to see. I'd like to yeah. do that at at some point. So that's got to be way harder to like redo your parts. Of course, it was like yeah, he had to punch in, in punch out, punch in, punch out. And then crazy. all you guys were like super green still. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I think Chris was the only one that had recorded before. Yeah. And Jevin hadn't. I don't it think so. Of, didn't he? I, well, oh, maybe. Their recordings were just crappy garage recordings, yeah. I think. So that studio, though, dude, like so many great yeah. people have recorded there, you know, like that, that's uh, it was a shame that it's gone. You know what yeah. I mean? That, that, you know, I always wanted to do something there, too. You know yeah. what I mean? And ever since I, I wish I would have went with you guys and hung out, you know what I mean? Like yeah. just to see it because I never saw that place in action, you know? Yeah. But whatever. So. You guys were paying for that yourselves. Yeah. And uh, it was pretty expensive, right? I Do think so. I think it was, I mean, Tom cut us a deal, but yeah. I think, you know, back then it's still like three, $4,000. We, oh we all gosh. had to chip together. And you know, as you were with us, that we didn't really spend save any money. We bought it all Keystone ice and shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. I don't even know how you guys did that. So then, so then how did the CD come together? Like, who did the art? Do you remember? Chris drew the, or he did all the artwork and okay. stuff. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. then what, and then, um, so then by this time you guys are just playing shows and, and just, just trying to push the band and, yeah. you know what I mean? Do you remember some of your like bigger shows like that stood out to you? Oh man, we played so many. Yeah. But are we, there any where you're like, oh yeah, I remember that. The Warp Tour, when we played the Warp yeah. Tour, that was awesome. Yeah. But and and then the the year we played, <clears throat> like we had a whole bunch of friends bands playing too, so it was really cool. Yeah. But um I think 
I don't know. My favorite one was probably AFI was always cool to open up for. I mean, those guys were awesome. God, I didn't see that. I remember Hunter, he played with The Force, and I didn't really like that band. They were like Pantera yeah. punk. And I don't like the only thing good about that band was Hunter. Yeah. And then I remember getting there, unloading our shit, and I saw Hunter. I'm like, oh, fuck, The Force is playing, you know? And then Hunter's in AFI, and I remember him giving me a grin, like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I eat my words. <laughs> he belongs in that band, though. Yeah. Um, wh- where else did you guys play? You played Delmar and Planet Nine. Yeah, right? Planet Nine. We played. Um, where else was there? Uh, we played under the Pioneer Center with uh, oh. Pennywise and I remember the they did shows yeah. there. Yeah. And then we played. There was a VFW hall where we played with L Seven. Okay. And That's where that L Seven yeah, show was. We played with the Vandals over there. Oh crap, dude! That's cool. A few places up in Tahoe, but I don't even remember what yeah. they, where they were. Yeah. And then you guys, who got the van? Uh, I think me and Mo went and found the van. Yeah. Yeah. We just paid some dude cash or what? Yeah, it was some musician guy, but he took us in his house and he had his little studio and all his pictures from when he was in like the 60s local doo wop bands yeah. and stuff. And that was pretty cool. Yeah. Was it a pile guy. of crap? It, it was, but I think it was our way of treating, treating it. Yeah. Like me and Brody would fix that thing over and over and over but i think it was just ready to die <laughs> we checked we switched those transmissions like two or three times oh my god where'd you guys store it uh i think jevons we had it at my parents house for whenever we were working on it but i think we stored it at jevons yeah so um i just remember like graystone shows you know what i mean i yeah. remember you know putting on shows there in the basement and i remember tiny you know hanging out and kind of kind of being your manager ish yeah. you know what I mean? like it was always talk about that you know what i mean and and uh, i remember going to delmar all the time and then after delmar coming back and using all you guys money to buy keystone <laughs> and just you know just partying man just crazy partying i know it's hard to remember everything exactly yeah. how it happened but yeah. it was uh, fun um tell me about uh, uh alan leaving he was, he had, I think he was already married or getting married. Yeah. And uh, I can't remember why he left exactly. Because he moved, but it was after he already quit the band. So yeah. I don't know if he was just f- not feeling it anymore or what. Yeah. But Alan, like, he didn't drink or anything like yeah. that, you know. So maybe our Maybe your partying yeah. was a little annoying. Was he yeah. going on to, was he doing the Vegas shows or was Maurice in that band by then? Yeah, I think. Because Alan, in the history of it all, I think Alan was in it for a pretty short time. Yeah. Mo okay. was in it most of the time. Okay. So <clears throat> how did uh, Maurice get into the band? I asked if he wanted to try out because he always hung out yeah, with us, Yeah, because he was like, he always was riding up to Reno with yeah. you and shit back in the day and then yeah. hang, just hanging out just around all the time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because he was playing with Pessimist, but I think they were either in not jamming too much at the time or what, but it was kind of an opening where he could, he could come up and do it. Yeah. Do you remember him trying out or was nah. it just kind of like you're in like, no, nah, I remember him coming and trying out, but I don't remember Yeah. the whole time. And then was Chris like right away, like Chris and Jevin, like, yeah, he's in, or was it just like, oh, I don't know. Do, do, do. do you remember? No, I think we, 
we dug it right away because yeah. he picked up the parts really quick. Yeah, and he could yeah. shred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember, when and we he, all liked him. He hung out yeah. with all the time. He was a cool, dude. I remember when he got into the band, and I remember him saying that the guys in uh, Pessimist were pissed, <laughs> and they were <laughs> yeah, just like saying some about like. You never want to work hard to push the band or something like that. You just want to take the easy way out. And I was just like, I remember him saying that, and I was like, what? What idiot wouldn't yeah. take this even ground gig? Like these guys are doing something. Like yeah. how could you be mad at your homie for doing that? You know what I mean? Like whatever, dude. I was never really into pessimists. I mean, they were cool, cool dudes. Yeah, and uh, they could play some sweet songs. I remember going to like this Halloween show in a backyard <laughs> in Carson City, yeah. you know, and it's just like super hardcore metal. And I was like, it's cool, but dude, even ground was a hundred times better. Yeah, we had that, I mean? that sound that yeah. was popular at the time. Yeah. yeah. So tell me about going to uh, Vegas. Those were fun gigs. We uh, got with the Happy Campers and went down there i think we met him at a show in reno we must okay. have was, and that then, was uh, gonna be my question but i'm not <laughs> sure i'm not exactly sure how we met the happy campers yeah because i would net i would call clubs and network with the bands and book shows you know kind of off the bands that we knew where they were at were you the booker yeah you most were of the time yeah. so you would like call these clubs dude i would call hey like the whiskey guys, yeah this is can Jason. i send you a tape <laughs> and did you guys send stuff like oh yeah i had a little care package Type th- it was totally ghetto. I m- I would record the CD on tape and then have a, like a little even ground flyer that you you look at that thing today you're like what an idiot this. I have that tape. You do that you would send it send yeah. to places. And uh, but you know like we met the happy campers down in Vegas. So then I think from there we would meet bands and then as as we would play with bands coming to Reno we would get to meet them yeah. and so that's how. Uh, we met the Lestistics and Boy Kicks Girl and uh, all those. Isn't you know. that crazy? Like back then, what you had to do? Yeah. Like you had to play shows. Yeah. You had to play shows to get a band to become friends with, like the Campers. You know yeah. what I mean? And you guys had each other's backs. That's just like, it, I mean, we do that now a little bit, like Jason Drastic and stuff. But it's still, I don't know. It just seemed so like old school man yeah. it's just so easy to like get a hold of a club now yeah and everybody wanted to help everybody yeah and then you knew well if boy kicks girls gonna have a show in san jose we can get on that bill and a lot of people are gonna come yeah because they love them yeah, and then yeah. we'll, we'll do the same for them over here yeah and uh yeah but uh, we would play like planet nine and uh Del Mar, you know, you could you could usually book shows at some of these clubs. Yeah, once you get to know the booker, yeah. like it was like, okay, we're the band. You know yeah. What I mean? So, um, when what happened when you guys went down there with was it the whiskey by this time? No, I think we went down by ourselves a few times before whiskey. Yeah, um, oh, it was just whiskey. That's yeah. right. I don't know why I'm calling them the whiskey. But we went down with the happy ca- happy campers and did a bunch of shows with them. I bet we've been to we went to Vegas. F- Three or four or five times. Yeah, with the van. Uh, I think once or twice with the van. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, the last journey to Ve- the the van's journey. I think we we're coming back yeah. from Vegas. Yeah. So well, let's uh, walk through what got you kicked out of the band. Me and Jeff Dunn were. We had Ernie take us down to a casino in the middle of the night, and we were down there drinking, playing poker or some shit. And they came to get us in the morning because we had to leave. And we're like, no, nah, we're staying. And 
And like I, I think I threw a beer bottle and they were like, that's it, you guys are out. And so we finally get up and leave and I broke a beer bottle against the van on our way out. And then we were kicked out of the van because me and Jeff were two guys that should not be hanging out with each other because we're totally t- trying to top each other. Yeah. And we're, we were just total drunks, man. Didn't they ditch you? No, they they took us, but by Tonopa, we were back in the van, <laughs> or back in the band. Okay. So then when you guys came back from that, is that when it kind of fell apart, or what, what happened? Like, why were you kicked out? Did you leave? Like, what happened? I think we were just kind of, or I, I was, my girlfriend got pregnant with my son, and so I was kind of at a crossroads, like, yeah. Do I keep doing the band or do the dad? And we were we were having so many opportunities because we were going down to L.A. a lot playing shows. And, uh, and Nitro Records was really kind of liking us. But I think we kind of messed it up because they wanted us to have all the, basically have a whole album ready to go. And we knew that. But we were just too busy partying and stuff. And so it was kind of a crossroads of, ah, yeah, what do I do, you know? Yeah. It was a hard decision to make, man. Yeah, I bet. But at that time, I was getting into rockabilly and doo-wop, you know, and my bass playing was really going more towards old school, and I was really starting to fall in love with everything old. Yeah. And, uh, but, man, Eden Ground was so much fun. Yeah. Do you think, like, if you <coughs> could do it over again, you would be a little bit more serious? Yeah, I think You'd be like, would. all right, guys, Nitro Records, you know, quit fucking around yeah this is what we need to do like yeah shoulda woulda coulda sucks but yeah because those were the days of like dude you like the reality of getting signed then is a thing dude into nitro records yeah that would have been so awesome i mean come on man like yeah i just showed you that compilation that um clint eastwood one you know that's one of the best ones it's like dude that was the era of what could have been you know i mean just kind of yeah, I think they took yellow card instead of us, and then we all know what that happened there. So, Damn. but it was cool. Like the one of the last shows we went down there and played, they were saying that local or out of town bands don't do shit there, and we yeah. blew the socks off that house, man. That's cool, man. Yeah, yeah. But we were like the house we were staying at. You know, we got to meet guys from Lit and Head PE were hanging out with us, and we didn't even know it till yeah. they said what bands they were in when we were drunk at the pool. And <laughs> yeah. Just like, wow, I want to move to L.A. This yeah. is where it's all at. The one thing that I am super pissed off at is that you guys opened for L7, <laughs> like, last minute, and I had no idea. Oh, Because really? it's one of my favorite bands. That was, so that was like, a cool oh, show. Man. That was at the VFW Hall? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I remember sitting on stage watching them play, and the bassist was just got on her back and was humping herself towards me, and I'm just like, oh, you girls are nasty. I love this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i love that band dude they're just so like a lot of girls you know i mean are pushed away because they're not like rock and roll dudes you know what i mean yeah. and they were just like dude fuck it we don't give a shit that's yeah, why they I, were crazy that's why i like that band who else did you guys play with didn't, didn't you guys play with uh papa roach like right before they got yeah they were on the ru- they were on the warp tour yeah yeah because i remember right you and me were watching them or it was you, me and mo and we were the only ones there watching them. <laughs> it was like the first band in the yeah. morning. We're like, these guys are pretty cool, but nobody likes them. Yeah. And by the end that of the summer, they were huge. Huge. That's crazy. So weird how that yeah. happens, dude. That's cool. 
So or no, that was Limp Biscuit. Sorry, Papa Roach was. I was thinking different. That was Limp Biscuit. Yeah, on remember Tour. for sure, Limp. Yeah, Papa Limp Roach. Biscuit. I think we played with them in Sacramento once, but we they weren't nothing yeah. at the time. Right. You know. Yeah, that was Limp Biscuit because I remember thinking like this band's pretty cool. Yeah. And then they just got gigantic. Yeah. And it was like, what? That's so weird. I loved those warp tours, dude, up at Boreal. Oh yeah, those were. Oh so my fun. god, dude, that mountain air and just chilling, sitting on the mountain and just like watching all these bands that you don't know. Yeah. And then getting all those compilations, like, dude. That and was, a lot of it was free. Yeah. You know? Like, that, and that's how they gained fans, dude. It was such a great idea. I wish yeah. you know, like, it's so hard to do now. Everything costs so much money, but it's like. I want to do that at our shows, you know, like yeah. hand out these compilations of all these bands that we play with or we're friends with. You know what I mean? Like we should think about doing something. Yeah. Like, like a Reno, cool. Reno bands. Yeah. Comp. But I mean, the problem with that is just like not many people listen to CDs. Like you get a That's CD true, nowadays. Yeah. I'm like, I might listen to it once, but let me go find it digitally yeah. somewhere or something. Yeah. It's, just it's more of a nostalgia thing. <laughs> it's total nostalgia. dude. Yeah. But people have been asking for CDs at our shows. So yeah, that's pretty, <laughs> you know, that's something. <clears throat> so after Even Ground, were you involved with them at all anymore? Like, didn't you help find the bass player or anything? Or Well, Ted was the bass player. He was kind of hanging out around that time, too, was so it was he, an easy was fit. Was he re in Reno? Yeah. You think he was an easy fit. Or no, I think he was still in Carson at the time. Yeah. And he was playing with some band. I can't remember the name. But, but he's a Carson kid? Yeah, he's a Carson kid, too. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and so he came up, and Ted was always a good bassist, so he yeah. fit right in. Yeah. And he was already an Even Ground fan. Um, And then I went, and I was with them when they recorded the second album. There were the split. Yeah. But I was just hanging out with them. Do Ted you remember where they recorded that? Just that was some, some dude's house up behind um, San Rafael, the softball park. Yeah, yeah, okay. He was some Captain and Tennille type yeah, guy, yeah. but he had his own studio. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. So then after the even ground stuff, you just working for years, right? Yeah. Just moved to or yeah, I went to Alaska and did the two weeks there, two weeks living here forever. Yeah. I get my kids when I was here. They'd go to their mom when I was away, so that worked out perfect. But yeah. Yeah, I kinda put music on a on the back burner. Yeah. You know. Well then what kind of sparked the whole um like collecting guitars and rockabilly stuff and you know that kind of stuff because well, I know I always like still over the years yeah, like I always still played yeah but over the years you you know it'd be like once we started to become friends again it was like all of a sudden you got all these guitars and like yeah. you started like collecting was it just <clears throat> you know you always had that spark you just financially were able to fill it I think so yeah. I remember. Uh, because I would never do anything for myself. And I remember I went into Guitar Center and, and I was like, I always wanted an orange Gretsch. And, uh, but I always talked myself out of it. And then my girlfriend, I was in there and I'm like, man, I want one, but I shouldn't. She's like, dude, you work so hard. You should, you should get it. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to get that one, that one, and that one. <laughs> and I bought like <laughs> three Gretches <laughs> right there. Man, wow. And that's what—that's pretty much what sparked it. Yeah. Like, my right. uncle, my uncle had a sixty-one twenty, and I played it, and it just had that. F it feels like an acoustic because I'm—I think I have to accept the fact I'm more of an acoustic guitar player than an electric guitar uh -huh. player. But uh, a Gretsch feels like an acoustic, and it has that just 
that sparkle sound that's yeah. so awesome. The only thing close, I think, is a Guild. Those are pretty close to that, you know, Gibson ES-295, Scotty Moore type sound, yeah. too. So when did you start, like, hitting it hard of, like, writing songs and stuff? I've always written songs. Yeah. I've written songs before I could play. I've, I've probably written thousands of songs. Yeah. You know? So you just had all this, you had all this stuff already. Yeah. And, then and I've always written songs my whole life. Yeah. So what kind of sparked the whole, uh, you know, like getting in the band and then starting Desolate Zero stuff, like what sparked that? I think my kids were finally old enough where, and I was just like, dude, I want to start playing again. Yeah. And uh, I quit drinking, which was, you know, I wasn't, I don't know, I may have been an alcoholic, I don't know. I wasn't, didn't have... I drink and just like not be there. I yeah. wasn't mean or anything. Right. But when I quit drinking, it was it was really like I couldn't play and remember stuff when I drank. So when I quit drinking, I I bet within like the first eight months or whatever, it's almost like all that twenty years of knowledge came back. Yeah. And it stormed me, and so my songs got a hundred times better. My playing got a hundred times better. And I was just like, Oh shit, this is telling me once, yeah. once again, guitar is going to save my life. Yeah. Done. <laughs> and, uh, and so you needed a basis. And I was like, I think it was just the universe saying, dude, this is it, man. Let's start playing again. Yeah. And I'm glad it worked out. Yeah. 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 It's cool. I remember like just struggling to try to find anybody to jam with and I was like alright I need to, to form a band because I'd moved f- here from Vegas and uh, Vegas it was so easy because I was in the scene it was yeah. so easy to form a band and I got here and was just like <clears throat> alright I'm doing this and Josh was like hey man and I was like hell no dude I'm not gonna fucking, <laughs> I'm not gonna jam with you like you're a cool dude but like no way <laughs> and then Amber was like dude you gotta do it like you know just try it I was like alright and tried it with josh and was like wow this is cool okay and then we were jamming with some other guys and then they just weren't really into it and then josh got me with donnie mm-hmm. and then we were like we need a bass player i'm like i'm just gonna ask pearl like you know he's already got the personality that we need you know what yeah. I mean? and it just worked out <clears throat> and then when you decided not to do the oil stuff anymore it was like okay yeah you can actually like be a band so i, I think know that's a, worked out awesome yeah i think it's awesome so how did, um, like, when you jumped into what we're doing, was were you into it right away, or were you just like, I don't know? Or No, I think that first time we jammed, it all, like, that feeling of playing with guys again yeah. came back, and it was just like, I don't know. You know, I was a troublemaker when I was younger, but I think the reason I would get in trouble was the excitement of getting caught and stuff. And yeah. When I found guitar, it it changed that, you know, I could harness all that stuff through the guitar. And, uh, and so, and whenever you have problems, music just saves your life. Right. I agree. And when, when we played again, all that like emotion came back that I feel like I, my soul was missing for there for a while. And I was like, Oh dude, I hope they want to keep me. because <laughs> This is awesome. Yeah. Well, at first we were like, this two weeks on, two weeks off ain't going to yeah. work. But we were like, what, what choice do we have? Dude, I was like, you know what I mean? We I was already looking for a ways out. Yeah. So it was, 
it, it worked out perfect that they laid me off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. So what did you think about recording in, in L.A.? I just want to hear like what you think compared to what I think. I thought it was awesome, man. I thought uh, just well working with Paul was super cool because he was he was almost like an instant buddy. Oh yeah. So he made everything perfect, and we all pretty much laid our parts down pretty dang quick. Yeah. Which just gave us that much more confidence that we were a tight band. Yeah. And uh, but it, it was fun, like. I drank a few too many bangs because you guys were doing all your <laughs> your parts most of the time. But yeah. just being in that environment is so cool. You just, know? Yeah, I, I agree completely. I think Paul was just like, that's the first time I had somebody kind of like guide us. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or guide me and, and, and help shape the songs just... It was like putting a sharp pencil in a pencil sharpener and just sharpening it up just yeah. that much. You know what I mean? Like, didn't change our sound at all. But the knowledge, I mean, that's his job. He's a pro. Oh, you yeah. know, the knowledge of like, no, change this word, dude. Yeah. That word doesn't work or this and that was just like, are you kidding me? And I was just like, I want to do this all the time. Yeah. And it's just, it's it's so hard to like, I mean, we were, we had those songs down because all we did was jam. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's been a little tougher now that we're playing shows and, and, and trying to do things with these songs to write new songs. You know what yeah. I mean? And the problem is, too, that I'm finding is we're like, we haven't even pushed these songs. <laughs> I know. They're not even, people it's, haven't even heard we've them We've been yet. playing these songs for so long. People haven't even heard them. And it's like, we have to push them for a while, dude. Yeah. So we can sell this album and then write some new songs. But I'm like, oh, I don't want to wait. Yeah. I don't want to get in that studio now. Dude. I know. That was so much fun. It's just fun hanging out with the homies, creates, creating something together. Like, yeah, I want to keep doing it. Yeah. yeah, that was an awesome time. And yeah. just the fun, like we were camping at that RV park yeah. and riding our bikes I, to the I, studio I, I every day. I want to do that exact thing That was again. so fun, man. I want to do that exact thing again. It's been over a year. Yeah. So how did Desolate Zero start? Like, how did you think of that name and stuff? Well, it's like my love for rockabilly and doo-wop and blues and country and all that. And then yeah. it's like horror movies and stuff. Actually, these pictures in here all spark, you know things like you could look at a lot of these pictures and find desolate zeros lyrics and shit like that but i don't know it, it was uh i came up with a song monster girl about universal monsters and like watching horror movies and stuff like that and but then the, i've always wrote dark yeah but i started really writing after i quit drinking and stuff really darker but more towards like the point of view of the romance of monsters and horror and stuff like that. Yeah. And so the desolate zeros is pretty much like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, you know, so you have me playing things, but then you also have the desolate zeros as like the, the alter ego of it all. Yeah. Like the Wolfman or, or Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. But there's all those stories like, like the Wolfman, like he's this dude who's, trying to protect people from himself, but nobody will listen to him and accept that he is the werewolf, yeah. and, but he has this monster that he's trying to control, which we all do, I think. And then like Frankenstein is a monster that just wants to be accepted by people, but they're so scared of him, which I was always kind of an outcast. So I get that feeling too. And then even when the bride was made, you know, a lot of people think that, uh, 
it was made for the monster, but it was made because it was Frankenstein's wife. Yeah. And she didn't like the monster, you know? But there's this romance of him trying to get her to fall in love with him. And yeah. It's just cool to see stuff from that point of view. So I write songs about, you know, like the Reaper maybe isn't such a bad thing. He's just your guide to where you're going. Yeah. And you'll fall in love with her, you know, or uh, a lot of songs about women being the devil, you know, but I think it goes both ways. It's just I sing about women, and yeah. but they could sing about dudes. But, yeah. but it's all monsters and but it's all to that familiar sound of country. And, and, and uh, some of the songs aren't monsters. They're just straight up rock and roll country songs, yeah. too. But yeah. So you've been recording tons on your own. Yeah, I've got like three albums out already. Put out three albums. Yeah. That's cool. And are you working on another one? I don't know, man. I'm thinking like just doing like when Dwight Yoakam did acoustic.com, do something like that. Which is what? It's just basically him doing a lot of his hits, just him and his acoustic in the studio. Yeah. So it's like super raw. But for me, live, it's going to be me and my acoustic. So yeah. And all these songs really were written on an acoustic solo really so i think i could do that but that's something i would want paul to do oh yeah yeah because i think he could make it sound really good for sure because me the albums that i've done they get less suckier as they go but i'm still like i'm just winging it by myself and you know but i mean the mixes are better but not yeah you know what i mean like it's a lot of people that don't do anything yeah and recording's fun because i'll have this idea but then when i put that bebop bass line to it it just like comes it it warms that whole song up and yeah but even a lot of the riffs and the desolate zero songs they have bass lines in there and and all that so it's it's everything kind of mixed together just to make it a full one one man band type thing yeah and are you you're playing out right now as desolate well that's J- jason pearl but desolate zeros is like that alternate ego so i just say both of them oh, okay yeah. i got you and you are like, do you have shows planned or anything? Or I'll be well. I got a songwriting thing in a few weeks, but it's just like a lot of songwriters come together and play a few songs and stuff. Where? So I'll do those. That's at Black Rabbit Mead. Oh, okay. On uh, the place is awesome. Yeah, that place is cool. And uh, not sure on the day. It's not this Monday. It's the following Monday. Yeah. And then I'll be at Apple Hill playing probably Fridays and Saturdays the whole season unless yeah. we have shows. Yeah. But I'll do probably like two sets. And then as it gets into October, the sets will be all the monster songs. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah that's cool. So that'll be cool. Yeah, she's going to let me sit up out front there. and. Have you done it yet? No, no, I've never done it. They never had really music out there. So When is, when is the first one? Um, I think it's the first apple hill opens at labor day weekend but oh, i don't know gotcha. if i'll play that yet we'll I see gotcha. what the crowds are like yeah but uh but yeah i'll probably play twice a day on saturday and sunday so uh, there's two more questions i want to ask you one if you were booking so many shows for even ground back in the day why aren't you doing it right now it's so different now, you know, like before you would just send your demo to some club. Help me out, like, bro. I don't know. Help me out. I'm trying you to book myself and I you can't even figure it out. figure it out back then. Figure it out yeah, now, It's a whole dude. different world, though. Because what it would do it's is. It's called the internet, bro. <laughs> it's called the internet. Well, I do have, like what I've been <laughs> doing for Desolate Zeros is just getting on a lot of gig sites, which we could probably do. And then like when places need certain types of music, they'll 
get a hold of you, but uh, I'm not saying they've called me yet, so <laughs> I don't know if it's going to work or not, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But it's it's weird, because like we were talking earlier, before you just called up a band, hey, man, we're going to be yeah. in town this weekend. You guys got a show? Yeah, we can put one together. It's not like that anymore. It kind of is. I mean, I do that all the time. Well, yeah, but you, you know, know everybody. I don't I don't know everybody, but I mean, if <clears throat> that's why I think Shoe Tree is so important, because it's a place where if someone's like coming through, we could put a show on yeah. there. And I mean, I don't have that pull anywhere else. Like yeah. we're getting, you know, friendly with people. So we'll, we'll see. But it'd be awesome to have your own venue. Oh, you know man, what I mean? I like, know. to you know, but yeah, it's tough. But Dennis from the Alturas, he's good like yeah, that too. He's awesome. He's yeah. uh he's let me play there on a song or a showcase and it sounds like might be going there in August again and playing yeah. there again and Yeah, we need to set something up there. Yeah. He's he's, he's always up, asking us. Yeah, he's hit me up a couple times. I'm just like, We're just so booked. Like I don't know. We might have to book a November show there. Well him too, man. Out. He's got so many shows going yeah. on there. Yeah. He's really turning that place into something. So. Yeah, I like it. I like yeah. that. I like the elbow room. Yeah. And uh yeah, it's gonna be cool. Um, there's this one too I was just looking up the Matador. No, it's some midtown one that's a brand new place that's trying to put on shows and stuff, but there's Matador Lounge, which is really cool. It's teeny that I would love to play at, but they I don't know, they kinda give me the run around. And then there's the um, I can't remember. It's got windows on the front. It's kind of small too. It used to be the um, biggest little city club. Damn it! Oh, really? It's like the Elephant Room now or something. I sh- can't remember, yeah. but I don't know. We 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 should just. There's that picnic and pub one. Yeah, that has a bunch that's of stuff. for sure acoustic yeah. stuff though. You yeah. could definitely do that. Um, the other question I had is, do you remember sharing a bunk bed? Oh yeah, <laughs> in the old. The old apartments above the San Rafael there, yeah. Oh, my God. Those apartments, dude. Me and Pearl slept in the same room, <laughs> and I was like, we need to, we need some more space, dude. I got these old bunk beds. Are you interested? And he's like, yeah. And so, I mean, we were in our 20s. Yeah. And I swear to God, we're sleeping in bunk beds like, all right, man, good night. Night. We're living it up like poison, you know? We had to, <laughs> we had to <laughs> suffer. <laughs> oh my god, dude, that is just hilarious! Like, yeah, we, me and Pearl go way back. That's yeah, why you know there's so many stories that we could talk about, but nobody would know what we're talking yeah. about except you and I. So it's funny when we have shows now, you know, and I want to go with the, with you guys. Cat's always like, "Well, why don't? Why would you want to just go in the van or sleep on somebody's floor?" I'm like, "It's the experience, man. Yeah, this is what it's about." I was like, "Dude, come on!" <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't want to sleep on a floor either, but dude. This but these are we're, we're making memories right yeah. now. <laughs> you don't make memories sitting on the couch. My buddy Brad yeah. used to say that all the time. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, it's fun, dude. The van is awesome. Chilling. Yeah. I'm sure it'll get to us at some point, but I'm I'm ready to do stuff, dude. I feel like I'm getting yeah. old and I'm like, it's time to do it now, dude. You know what I mean? So Yeah, and it's I feel like it's coming alive again like it was back in the nineties too. You know, we got a lot of the a lot of the band members that were in bands back then have bands now, and we're all, yeah, you know, the scene at least for us local bands is there's there's quite a few. And yeah, I, I think it's coming. I think the scene is coming back. Yeah. It kind of feels like that. You know what I mean? Whereas 
you know, we got we just got on that Agent Orange show, and that's with Sucker Punch. We played with them several yeah. times, and they were around back in the even ground days. Yeah. You know what I mean? And Pierre's other band, Irreplaceable Beings. I can't wait to see you that. You know, uh, Boss's daughter is on that. But I mean, there's like there's all kinds of, you know, Engine Fire. There's you know. Uh, yeah, Manchild. Yeah, Manchild. Yeah. Dude, those guys are awesome. Like, I talked to Mark last week, and we were talking about how we feel like the scene is kind of coming back and it's i think it's up to us you know what i mean like as long as there's a lot of bands doing things and pushing each other i think it makes a scene and like it relies on us it's our job it's a hard job you know what i mean we got to get people to want punk rock because it's weird doing like the songwriting stuff and the desolate zeros because it's a whole different world yeah and but then they have their own world too you know and it's it's kind of it's crazy because we, yeah. we have a punk band, so we're going to go and be loud. Yeah, for sure. I don't even have to wear earplugs when I play a Destiny Zero show. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. I just I forget about, like, I'm so stuck in the punk because I, I've been doing that my whole life. Well, not my yeah. whole life, but my whole music life. And I forget that there's other stuff out there. You walk yeah. by, like, a, a club and there's a hip-hop show, and you're like, oh, yeah. You know, like, there's other music that people yeah. are coming out to see. And you start to realize that, they're not coming out to see punk that much. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, so it's uh, it's it's good and bad at the same time. You yeah. Know? But I like what we're doing, and I want to keep doing it for sure. Oh, yeah, it's super fun. Yeah. And nothing's like, like the Desil Zeros is cool because I write it. It's my soul, you know. It's the stuff I write. But Last One Down's awesome because that's when you really get to be crazy and yeah. have a great time, you know. Yeah. And it's funny, too, when you play shows and people that know me just as a bassist are there and they're like, oh, wow, I didn't even know you played guitar. That's you know? cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. But uh, the last one down is awesome because we're just so aggressive. You know, we're just so fun that you can't stop. You can't help but want to just get nuts. I know, but I, yeah. I also think, like, we're aggressive, but we got, like, a pop aspect to it where it's got a melody you can, oh, yeah. and you can sing along. It's not just like... We're top. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, oh yeah. I want to hear, you know, like a super catchy chorus that people can sing along with. Like, that. I love that stuff. So. Yeah. That's my favorite part of music's <coughs> the melodies, man. Yeah. And Yeah. And I think we're, that sets us apart, too, you know, is a lot of times we'll play with bands that are more hardcore punk, and then we have us, and everybody just gets blown away, you know? Yeah. I don't know if we should be tooting our own horn like that. Yeah, true. <laughs> but <laughs> we have said some good reactions. <laughs> we have. We yeah. have. And we're, I, I feel like we're just getting started. Yeah. So. That's cool. So is there anything else you want to talk about, bro? Did we miss anything? I don't think so. You, weren't in, you haven't that been in any other bands, right? That's it? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, the pro- well, I did the project back yeah, in the what day was that? Smithers. What was that? That was, uh, I think, Jeremy Lindbergh was wanting to form a band, and then me and Smithers kind of took it over. Yeah. So it was me, Smithers, Lindbergh, Patello. Patello's now all those bands. He's yeah, the only he was drummer, the only drummer in town. And then, uh, but that that kind of got crazy because we all played every instrument, so playing live kind of sucked. Cause yeah, dude. People we were don't switching see stuff. That. Yeah. So what? 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 Was Lindbergh in any other bands? Wasn't nah. his, Wasn't he a shredder? No, nah, he, was he just really learning wasn't. the guitar. Yeah, he was his brother a shredder? Yeah, his brother was pretty good. Yeah, at guitar. because I remember him like 
you guys listen to Slayer? He was a, like a metalhead yeah. back in the day. I remember that. But I remember him coming to one of our Even Ground shows one time, and he was like, oh, my gosh. You're a lot better than you were when you were a kid. <laughs> oh he dug it, though. And yeah. that was, for me, you know, him being Limburg's big brother, that yeah. was a hell of a compliment. So how did the project start? Like, just Lindbergh hanging was, out? Yeah, we were just hanging out, and then we would jam in one of the sheds at my parents' house. Yeah. And then we recorded a little crappy tape. Yeah. Was that the uh, Eric Machado? No, that was... Because uh, I remember he, you uh, and him and yeah. me jammed one time. Like, you guys wanted to start something. And that's how I blew up my guitar amp because I had put a bass into my PV guitar amp. Oh, and really? And instantly, like, blew it out. Yeah, I don't, after that one, I think... Because I was kind of in, trying a bunch of bands and then I got an even ground. Yeah. And then uh, that, and then I moved to Reno and, yeah. I mean... Rest is history. Yeah, dude. the rest is history. That was fun times. That's cool, man. But I, I think there was a time I tried out for Indecisive Youth because they wanted another gu- or needed another guitarist. Yeah. But they the chain. I just I don't think I was that good enough to play yet because yeah. Nick was awesome guitarist. Oh, for man. sure, dude. You know, so to play Phil Hissues would have been impossible. I remember one show I went to Indecisive Youth and Nick was playing um, Unskinny Bop that intro on the <laughs> guitar and i was just like ever since then i've wanted to learn it yeah and uh, i tried a couple months ago oh my god I, I can't do it dude <laughs> and i even like was like josh do you know this and he could kind of do it but i was like i mean he was in freaking high school yeah. just out of high school that was like i can do the bass line yeah <laughs> <laughs> i love that song dude i would love to cover that but dude that riff is just so yeah that's yeah, crazy CC man, he's he's even better now because he doesn't drink anymore. Yeah. Man, he is on. Yeah. He's crazy. I'd like to go to that show, man. Yeah, yeah, whatever. It's too much. Well, I'm glad that we're friends. I'm glad we're in a band together. I know, me too. And man. Uh, we should do a part two and like really get into some of our stories. <laughs> we remember know? any of them? Yeah. I remember a bunch. I, I think I could, you know, ring your ring your memory back you might, a little yeah. bit. You know, you know I mean? more than me. Yeah. A lot of you guys tell stories about me, and most of it's, uh, I've just heard the story so much, I think yeah. I kind of know the story, but I don't remember it. <laughs> You're like a legend. Yeah. <laughs> legend that doesn't remember any of yeah. it. Well, good talking to you, bro. You too, buddy. Take it easy. All right. have it one of my favorite people in my life jason pearl go check out some last one down if you can we are streaming everywhere desolate zeros streaming everywhere as well and um go to uh, justpunkitup.com check us out on facebook and uh hit us up if you want an interview i love doing this so i appreciate you even listening there are people actually listening to these interviews and uh I think it's rad, man. So, appreciate your support. Uh, let's do it again next time. Take it easy, guys.